It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. Coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you're watching, whenever you're listening, I hope you're doing okay today. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria, an Italian restaurant located on St. Simon's Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com. I'll give my man a call, 912-268-2328, 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's for an authentic Italian meal. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by the Holiday Inn and all of their properties. If you've got to travel someplace and you need to stay at a hotel, uh, make sure you stay at a Holiday Inn property. My favorites, of course, the uh, Holiday Inn Resorts and Holiday Inn Express. Now, uh, I'll give you another reason to stay at a Holiday Inn property because we'll get you a discount. That's right. You can get a Billy C. discount. Uh, just call our toll-free number, 844-603-0364, 844-603-0364, or... You could just visit our website, BillyCBoxing.com, and click on the Holiday Inn banner. And finally, today's show is being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino, From Bondage to Baddest Men on the Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold. And you can get a copy of this book right now while you're watching or listening to this show. Just visit BarnesandNoble.com or Amazon.com. Find out why I'm so adamant about getting Tom Molino's story told and uh, I was a little pissed off, you know, they had that uh, bare-knuckle uh, event, and uh, one of the announcers was, uh, uh, I just saw a, a couple of clips of it, and, and the announcing, which was terrible, by the way, um, started saying about, oh, you know, yeah, this is a history, bare-knuckle, like the great ones, John L. Sullivan, and they even mentioned Tom Cripp, but they didn't mention my man Molino, uh, you know, arguably... Uh, one of the best of his era, and should be down in the history books as the first American uh, world, uh, well, the first American heavyweight champ, and really the first world heavyweight champion 100 years before um, uh, the first uh, black world uh, champion in Jack Johnson. Uh, but truth truth be told, Tom Mono was the first um, heavyweight champion, world heavyweight champion. He was robbed. Uh, read my book, you'll find out. But uh, anyway, coming up uh, a little bit later on this show, uh, we got uh, Dax Khan is scheduled to join us. Um, I got a bunch of emails. Uh, not much took place this weekend in the uh, uh, boxing arena, 
but I have uh, some heavyweight uh, uh, results. So I'd like to keep everybody up to date on that. Um, I have uh, something I want to talk about concerning Tyson Fury. Um, you know, I, I was vocal about uh, Deontay Wilder saying he was the best ever, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, uh, truth be told, Tyson Fury thinks he's the best ever in the heavyweight division. Uh, claims he's uh, Muhammad Ali and Floyd Mayweather uh, rolled up in one. I don't know why he mentioned Floyd Mayweather. Maybe just because um, you know some of the youths of today uh, might uh, relate. But uh, I'll get. To, I have a bunch of quotes from him, and I'll get to uh, the facts uh, in a little bit uh, later on the show. Uh, bottom line is Tyson Fury is just full of. Sh oh, can't say that word today. But uh, the other thing I want to mention is uh, Billy Joe Saunders officially pulled out of his fight, uh, which was scheduled for June 23rd against uh, Martin Murray, uh, once again claiming he had an injury and the type of injury you really can't check, and that's a hamstring in injury. A lot of people think that it's a uh, BS story because he's been contacted by either or or both uh, Triple G and Canelo. So we'll talk about that. Uh, but uh, first, joining me right now uh, from St. Simons Island in Georgia is my man uh, Sal Rocky Senecola. Uh, Sal, we got some uh, heavyweight uh, fights I just want to uh, get everybody caught up with. Uh, but first, uh, l let's talk real quickly uh, about the potential uh, fight that may be getting groomed with uh, Billy Joe Saunders either fighting Triple G or Canelo. He pulled out of his fight. Uh, was announced announced it yesterday. He was scheduled to fight Martin Murray on June 23rd. What's your thoughts? This is the second injury. Remember, this fight had been postponed once before. That's true. And uh, I'll tell you what. Like I said, I, I the jury's going to be a little bit out on Billy Joe Saunders for just uh, a while till we see him go into uh, do a camp and see uh, who he's going to actually fight between Canelo and Triple G. I was very impressed the night that uh, um, Billy Joe Saunders dismantled and totally dominated the one-dimensional fighter, David Lemieux. And uh, I like Lemieux. I uh, love his punching power. loved how he uh, has won some big fights in the past, but um, he was totally nullified. He couldn't do anything. He never got on track against Billy Joe Saunders. Now, did that was that Billy Joe Saunders rising to the occasion for the one time that we saw him against a one-dimensional fighter? Or is that a Billy Joe Saunders potential who could reveal uh, when he's tested to, to the level of competition he has to fight? So uh, I, I think and, and if, uh, if he's going to fight either Canelo or Triple G, I think he'll have an easier time with Canelo um, because Canelo is, is, is not Mr. Fancy Toes and dancing and moving and everything else. He's more, as we say, plotting, and, and he's there to hit. Uh, so... I don't know. We'll see what happens. But uh, I would like to see Billy Joe Saunders back in the ring against a formidable opponent. And you definitely have that quality in a Triple G or Canelo Alvarez. Um, you know, obviously, for from a financial standpoint, uh, Billy Joe Saunders could make a lot more money fighting either Triple G or Canelo uh, versus uh, uh, Martin Murray. Unfortunately, this sport, 
gives fighters the flexibility to bail on one and pursue a, a, another better opportunity. I'm not saying it's right, but it, it's definitely uh, possible. How are you going to double-check to make sure a hamstring uh, is, uh, is actually uh, uh, pulled? I mean, there's so, different, so many different degrees of a hamstring pull. Uh, and, the min- and the minute ones, that, which would still, um, you know, uh, limit your ability to, to, to throw effective punches, et cetera, wouldn't even show up in an X-ray or, or a scan, a CAT scan. So um, it, it is what it is. I, I'm assuming, and you know what they say about assuming, Sal, but I'm assuming that, um, you know, Golden Boy uh, reached out to Billy Joe Saunders already because of the hardline stance that uh, – um, the stocking wearing uh, Oscar De La Hoya has uh, has put out there on, on social media about him refusing to give Triple G uh, a 50-50 split. I think that, unfortunately for Martin Murray, that uh, it was inevitable, especially in lieu of what was going on with Triple G and Canelo, that Billy Joe Saunders was going to be the hot ticket for either of those fighters and quite honestly, Martin Murray became the odd man out. Um, and as far as who Saunders would be better off fighting, uh, could he make more money fighting Canelo? Possibly, but he would have to come over to the U.S. to do it, uh, specifically uh, Las Vegas in September. Um, I think that he's probably better off fighting Triple G at home where he could make, I would think, the same money based on a live gate. Um, what's your thoughts? What would make more financial sense uh, for Billy Joe Saunders to fight uh, Triple G or Canelo? And which one do you think it'll be? Jeez. I'll tell you, I'm going to put my Nostradamus hat on right now. But uh, that's a hard call because, you know, we're still – in the process of with the uh, they use this term ebb and flow of the, the the negotiations and you know are we going to see a triple G Canelo Alvarez fight and uh, are they going to make that deal happen? I know that Canelo Alvarez. I'm going to tell you right now, and I like Canelo. I liked him and uh, more before this whole incident. But I'm telling you what, from Canelo Alvarez's standpoint, and uh, uh his promoter, Canelo Alvarez is afraid to fight Triple D. G. I'm telling you, he knows. I'm what I what I said to you, Billy, earlier on off air. First of all, if Canelo Alvarez was eating tainted beef from from calves or cows from burgers, okay, that's one thing. But let's say he's been on a steady diet of looking how to get past and doing this, not just for this fight, but maybe one or two other fights previous or prior. You know, now all of a sudden he's going to be uh, all eyes on Canelo Alvarez. He's not going to have that secret little pill. Uh, and that does something psychologically to a fighter, knowing that, well, you know what? He used this in the past. He's not going to have this in the past, in the future. Or he'll have to get caught or do something else prior to the fight to, uh, to mask it. But the bottom line is uh, I think that's going to work on his psyche and his confidence. So I think there's a multitude of reasons why he doesn't feel he wants to, or why he doesn't want to fight Triple G. And just his outrageous comments as far as giving Triple G 30% or 35%, whatever it might be, ridiculous statement. Uh, I mean, that's an insult to injury. That's proven right there he doesn't want to fight Triple G. Because, you know, it should be 
it should be a 50-50 fight to begin with or 60-40 either one way or the other depending on who can make the case of why they deserve more than the other and I you know so the bottom line is uh, Triple G and Canelo Alvarez may or may not happen and I, I'll be sad to, but we already lost the opportunity for it to happen Canelo Alvarez was at fault not anybody else who he pointed at so if he was to fight Billy Joe Saunders I think Billy Joe Saunders uh, like I said Bill uh, I want to see Billy Joe Saunders again because the Billy Joe Saunders I saw against David Lemieux that night was somebody I did not expect to see and I, that, that fighter who fought that night could have beat a lot of guys in the middleweight division um, first of all I hope that Triple G stands strong and demands a 50-50 split from Canelo. And if not, yeah. I, if I'm Triple G, I go to other pastures. That's that's the end of that. Uh, sometimes you got to be willing to walk away, and I think that uh, Triple G is in that spot. As far as Billy Joe Saunders is concerned uh, with fighting Triple G or Canelo, um, unlike you, I think. I, I, I don't think that Billy Joe Saunders can beat either Canelo or Triple G. Um, you know, I, 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 I would, don't get me wrong, I, I would love to see uh, a, a good fight uh, with him and, and have him surprise me, but I think Triple G will cut the ring off, unlike uh, David Lemieux was able to. Uh, Triple G will cut the ring off and control the fight. And as far as Canelo... I do think that uh, Billy Joe Saunders has a better uh, opportunity with Canelo, even though Canelo's younger. Um, the issue that Canelo has, and I've said it a million times, and which which was the main reason Floyd, uh, uh, you know, was so quick to jump in the ring because Floyd saw it too, is the fact that Canelo cannot land effective punches while he's in motion, which is you know not easy to do. I mean, we know that, but all the greats are able to do that. And Billy Joe Saunders showed movement against Lemieux. Uh, I mean, granted, Lemieux was, was stationary. Uh, so if Canelo and Billy Joe Saunders are both moving around, Billy Joe Saunders did demonstrate that he could land effective punches uh, while he was moving. Uh, so I, I actually think that the fight with Canelo would be a, a, a winnable fight uh, for Billy Joe Saunders. I'm not saying he would beat him. I just said that both fighters... No, I think it's a winnable I, fight, I, like I, you said. Yeah, it's winnable. I, I would pick both Triple G or Canelo over Billy Joe Saunders. But if I'm Billy Joe Saunders and his team, I go for Triple G at home. Uh, because then at least uh, you know that uh, uh, you know, you're going to get some favorable uh, or fair... Uh, judging and refereeing he will not get favorable or fair refereeing or judging uh, when he fights Canelo it does not happen uh, with the uh, stocking wearing uh, Oscar de la Hoya so um, no no I, I mean that should be one of the conditions he should insist on have a neutral referee have one from his country one from Canelo's country and then and, uh, you know that doesn't that's help. the way you should do it. it it wouldn't help when when Oscar de la Hoya is involved uh, at least, uh, you know, the way it seems of late, uh, he's going to have a plant judge. He'll have a plant rep. I, I, no, no. But uh, in any event, we'll keep everyone posted on that. Um, let's get to the uh, fights this weekend. I, the only fights I'm re even going to talk about, to be honest with you, are the heavyweight uh, fights that took place. And it wasn't a heck of a lot of them. It was a real slow week, although this week coming up, uh, we do have 
some uh, uh, exciting uh, fights that uh, we'll get to talk about as the week progresses. Uh, we will not be doing a live show on Friday again, uh, but uh, uh, we will be here the rest of the week. So we got a lot of time uh, to talk about uh, some of the big fights that are scheduled for this week. But Foist, the heavyweight uh, picture uh, on Saturday in Belgium, uh, Roberto Sicola improved to nine wins and one draw when he knocked out Georgie uh, Tamashvil uh, in the first round of a scheduled six-round uh, fight. Uh, Cheville, uh, Thomas Cheville uh, drops to uh, uh, five and four. In Germany, uh, Albon Pavizia uh, improved to nine and zero oh when he stopped Andreas uh, Consumor, uh in the first round of a scheduled six-round fight. Consumor drops to 18 wins, 21 losses, and two draws. Uh, in Poland, uh, Lukas uh, Razanansky uh, improved to nine and zero. Oh when he stopped Michael Sproat, a longtime vet out of uh, uh, England, in the second round of a scheduled six-round fight, Michael Sproat drops to uh, 42 wins and 29 losses. Uh, uh, Rosansky uh, looks like a guy to keep an eye on. Michael Sproat's a tough guy. Uh, Despite having 29 losses, if uh, Rosansky uh, beat this guy uh, in his ninth professional fight, there's a guy out of Poland to keep an eye on, uh, Lukas uh, Rosansky. Um, in, uh, also in Poland, uh, Olek uh, Shuk improved to 2-0 and when he won a four-round split decision over Pytor Gruchula, who was making his pro debut. Gruchula drops to 0-1. Uh, out of Connecticut at the Foxwoods Casino, uh, Robert Sims improved to 7-2 and when he won a six-round unanimous decision over Joe Cusimano, who dropped uh, only the second fight in his career. Uh, he goes to 15-2. and This was a, an upset of sorts, uh, as well as uh, uh, this other fight that took place on Friday in Atlantic City. Uh, Kewan Davis improved to 5-0 and with a couple of draws when he won an eight-round split decision over Daniel Pasacola. Uh, no relation to Senecola, but uh, Daniel mm-hmm. Pasacola uh, dropped to nine wins, four losses, and three draws. That's it, Sal. That's uh, uh, basically uh, what took place. There was a couple of other fights, uh, uh, but uh, no sense. I, you know, I wanted to move on. I got a lot of emails to read today. Uh, we got Dax Khan coming up in a little while, but uh, uh, what do you think? How do you think this heavyweight spotlight that we've been doing is is progressing? Uh, you know, I mean, we are hearing a lot of names that we probably will never hear again. We are probably hearing a lot of names that I'm pronouncing incorrectly, so <laughs> we may definitely never hear those names again. But um, to give us an idea of what's in the uh, you know heavyweight picture uh, as uh, fighters are coming up, I I kind of am interested in it. I hope everyone else is. What's your thoughts? It's it's neat. It's good. I I probably I, I, I'll tell you when you're looking at some of these guys. I I think I think maybe five fights and on would be uh, something more likely to uh, hear of a repeat fighter if he's if he's got a uh, at least a um, you know a, a decent record at five or six fights, uh, maybe ten fights. Uh, it's fine because we're gonna you know. There's a million fighters coming on the scene. Um, maybe not a million, but you know what I'm saying. I'm just being uh, uh, funny with the numbers. But, uh, you know, and, and uh, the heavyweights, yeah, all eyes are on heavyweights. But I, I, I don't think we're going to hear half the names that you're, you're mentioning uh, later on. 
as it tightens up and as they get on with their careers. Some will not sustain a career after 10 fights. Some of them will, and those will be the ones that will recall their names. So it's good. I think it's a nice way to, to feed the future as far as the heavyweight division. Um, I want to. I want to thank. Uh, we got a couple of uh, um, super chats, uh, so I want to give a shout out to uh, my man Joe Olson. Appreciate it. Uh, without uh, guys like you, Joe, we can't move forward. So uh, uh, I want to give a shout out to Joe Olson. And I got another super chat from Joel, who says, "I hope you guys are having a show tomorrow because it's my birthday." Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, Joe, we are, we are, uh, we are going to have a show tomorrow for your birthday. So, happy uh, birthday uh, whoa, to whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's wait till tomorrow. We'll wish okay. him a happy birthday on his birthday. With that said, we're going to take a short break. When I come back. Tyson Fury says he's Muhammad Ali and Floyd Mayweather rolled into one. He's got a lot to say. I got some quotes. I got a bunch of stuff. He is so full of shh. Billy C. We'll be right back. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C Show. Glad you could be with us today. And uh, uh, before we went to break, we were talking about uh, Tyson Fury. And uh, Tyson Fury says, Charlie says, love my good and plenty. Oh, no, no, no. That's uh, that's a different one. I love that. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those were the the days. Those were the days. Uh, But Tyson Fury says that he's Muhammad Ali and Floyd Mayweather rolled into one. Wow, um, even good. though he hasn't, yeah, uh, even though he hasn't fought in uh, well over two and a half years, closer to three, uh, he said, and I quote, I got, I got a, a, a couple of long-winded quotes from Tyson Fury. He says, I am the greatest heavyweight of all time. I've wow. not got to be modest. Basically, he's saying I don't have to be modest. I am the best ever. Me, Tyson Fury, the Gypsy King, the one and only. When when has there ever been someone like me? There have been plenty of come-forward aggressors. There have been plenty of boxes off the back foot. But when was there ever been a six-foot-nine switch hitter with the confidence of Muhammad Ali and Floyd Mayweather rolled into one? There has never, ever been anyone like me. I'm unbeaten. I'm fast. I'm brash. I'm young. I'm good-looking. I'm tanned. I've even got white teeth. What more could I have? I'm a fighter. I'm a boxer. I'm a sportsman. I'm a showman. I'm the greatest of my time. This is my era. I've already beaten the linear champion. I've already beaten the legendary champion, Vladimir Klitschko. And guess what? I did it easy. It was an easy fight. So put me in the ring with these bums, and I'll tell you how to put them down. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. He goes on to say, you have the linear champion, the real Mac, who has been in exile for nearly three years, just like Ali was. Then you have all these other guys who have done their thing in the meantime. But once I come back, I'm back, and I'll take over again, just like Ali did. Nobody gave him a chance, and I'm sure all the journalists and boxing pundits around the world are saying I can't do it either. He says, I shocked you all the first time, and I'm going to shock everyone a second time because... The way I see it, I'm the best there is. Uh, I'm the best there is going to be, and I don't believe there's a man born yet who can beat me. You haven't seen what I can do yet because I haven't had an opponent take me to that level. The better opponent you put in front of me, the better I will become. I've got a massive opportunity to go down as one of the best heavyweights of all times. 
Uh, I have the dance partners to achieve that with Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua, and whoever else they put in front of me. That's why, uh, that's when they will look uh, at me. That's when, when they look at me, these guys will look like bums. I can't sleep at night thinking about these bums all the time. I'm thinking about putting my fist through the side of AJ's jaw. I'm thinking about knocking Wilder's spark out all 15 stone of them. I'm putting them upside down on a heap in the floor. And if there are any cruiserweights out there, light heavyweights or even middleweights that want to move up, I'll give them a good hiding too. Triple G, Andre Ward, whoever they are, move up to heavyweight and I'll sort them all out. Um, you know, I, listen, listen. The one thing we, we got to keep in perspective is Tyson Fury is a comedian. Uh, if, if you all... Uh, uh, out there have seen his fights you've seen him try to sing he's done all kinds of stuff a lot of this is, a, a lot of this is is him just trying uh to uh to ruffle some tail tail feathers but but when we look at it from a realistic point this guy has no he is so foolish that you can't even begin to to put him on the, i don't even know if you could put him on the same level of Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder, to be honest with you. When when I look at Tyson Fury's uh, resume, Sal, uh, is he undefeated? Yeah. He's 25-0 uh, and 0, uh, with 18 knockouts. Um, he doesn't seem to have the power that he should from a 6'9 guy. He had a great jab, but he used to deliver it because he was so used to fighting smaller guys. He was delivering it almost in an upward motion from his from his hip. He's corrected that, uh, but he's kind of when you look at Deontay Wilder and you see that tall, lanky basketball professional basketball player uh, frame, you also got to understand that he's athletic. Um, you know, Deontay Wilder, even though he, he throws punches and he's, he's unorthodox and, and like a drunken octopus, like we've said, he's at least an athletic guy. And so is Anthony Joshua, another athletic guy. Lennox Lewis was an athletic guy. Klitschko was an athletic guy. Tyson Fury, not so much. He, his, his, the way he moves is like he's too big for his body. And when you look at his resume... Really, the only name on it is Klitschko. And that was his last fight that took place in November of 2015. Look at the guys he fought. He fought Joey Abel, Derek Chisora, Vinny Madelone, Martin Rogan, Nevin Pykick. Um, These are all just tough. They're like barroom brawlers. They're club fighters. Martin Rogan was actually a taxi cab driver. That was a tough man. You know, uh, he fought Steve Cunningham, who was a cruiserweight. He fought Kevin Johnson, who didn't even put up any kind of a, a offensive uh, 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 fight. He just was trying to survive. Uh, he fought Christian Hammer in the fight prior to Klitschko. Hammer's a bum. He was a bum. I mean, Tyson Fury, realistically, has not fought anyone of note, Sal, and then to make these statements, look at who he's getting back in the ring with. I mean, we understand that he wasn't going to go challenge Deontay or, or AJ in his first fight back, but a guy who's saying he's the best fighter since Muhammad Ali in the heavyweight division uh, is fighting a, a, a guy who's a 39-year-old cruiserweight, and he's not even a big cruiserweight. He's five foot eleven in uh, Sefer Safiri, uh, he weighs between 197 and 200 pounds. His biggest weight was 212 against Manuel Char, in which he was he lost. 
so, I mean, come on, man. What, what's your thoughts about all this rhetoric? Well, you just said it, you know. Uh, I couldn't help but uh, I always go back to the Godfather movie. And uh, I love uh, I love the quote. Uh, Michael will give Fredo saying, well, you're telling me all the right answers, but none of the ones I want to hear. And, you know, what he's spewing and what he's saying is great for his own marketing purposes. Uh, but the bottom line is, can he back it up? I don't think he can. And uh, Tyson Fury, uh, unlike you, I've, I've never really been a big fan of his. No, I uh, have I have been a big fan. Though. I know. I, I, that's yeah. why I said unlike you. And I commend you for, for, hey, you know, that's fine. That's great. I just think he's been, as you suggested, he hasn't really fought too many uh, uh, people that uh, that uh, have been of, of, of note. Uh, and I think if he was to step in the ring with a Deontay Wilder, I'm sorry. Not that I'm a big Deontay Wilder fan, but I am. Uh, I see one of those overhand chopping right hands landing right on his temple and putting the big guy to sleep like the jolly green giant. Uh, so the bottom line is, you know, Tyson Fury, welcome back. Uh, I wish you luck. I wish you would put your money where your mouth is and put your fist in the ring with the kind of fighters you say you will be facing, and we'll see what happens because bottom line is you could do the talk, but can you do the walk? So you know, we'll that, see that, what happens. that's the big difference. You know, everyone always says to me, oh, you know, because I, I, I get riled up when I hear these guys talk smack like this. And the reason why is because they don't back it up. You know, David Hay was was classic when he, oh, I'm going to do this, wake up, you know, get Klitschko in the ring, I'm going to do this, and then he runs like a, like, a, like a chump for the whole fight. Then he puts his foot up on the, I mean, I just can't stand when these guys talk all this smack and don't even try to back it up. I, I don't mind smack talk. Don't get me wrong. I don't mind no. it. I think it's Sells, entertaining. I, mean, I think it's entertaining, I but I want I want fighters to try to back it up. If they try and they can't, well, then, hey, give them an A for effort. But Tyson Fury, has he's not going to back this up. He's certainly not backing it up, calling the top two heavyweights bums. I get it that he's just trying to get recognition. But why does it work? Why do people actually listen to it? You know, I mean, the truth of the matter is, is it's not going to sell more tickets. It's not going to gain any more respect for the bum that he's fighting. You know, I, I would have rather have had him fight a Michael Sprout in his comeback, a big, real heavyweight, than a small guy uh, that has a good-looking record. I mean, that's why he's doing this. And, you know, uh, to, to mention Ali, Muhammad Ali... You know, whether you liked him or not, and there were times I loved him and there were times I did not love him. But the truth of the matter with Muhammad Ali is he backed up everything he said. You know, he made outrageous predictions and made them come true. He was uh, a showman and sold tickets. Now people copy him and try, and then they throw that. Well, Ali did it. Why don't you give Ali a, uh, any problem? Why, why can't this one say it and that one say it? Because they're not Ali. And they don't perform like Ali. Just because you say it, just because someone else said it and you're copying it, doesn't give you the right to say it. If you're going to say something, back it up. Tyson Fury has yet to back anything up, and his resume doesn't speak for it either. A lot of times you could look at a fighter and say, hey, look at their resume. It speaks for itself. You could look at fighters and look at their resume, and it'll, it'll tell the story. You know, when as much as I don't like him as a promoter, Oscar De La Hoya... 
His resume tells the story. He didn't back down from anybody. He didn't fight anyone. That's one of the biggest reasons I don't give Floyd Mayweather much respect because he handpicked and cherry-picked uh, all of his opponents for the last decade. Now, you could look at those guys and say, oh, well, this guy was good, that one was good. Sure, 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 on paper it all looks good. But the truth is the truth, and Tyson Fury's the same. So um, I, I don't know. I, I don't see it. Um, and and I don't appreciate when a guy is saying that stuff. In his mind, he's being funny. And in his fans' minds, they all think it's humor. It's comedy. But uh, I, I don't know. At, at Deontay Wilder and AJ's expense, and, and I'll tell you right here, Sal, I think that AJ and Deontay both beat Tyson Fury, even though I was a fan. And not only do they both beat him, they both knock him out. How about that? Yeah, I agree. Bingo. I, I'm with you on the same page. You know, Definitely. You know, but uh, anyway, hey, listen, I'm going to take a short break. When I come back, I got a bunch of emails we're going to read. Uh, so you're not going to want to miss these. We got uh, several, actually, uh, going all the way back to Friday. So uh, uh, don't go anywhere. Uh, we'll be back in two. Billy C will be right back. Now back to Talkin' Boxing with Billy C, the only radio host man enough to take a punch from Mike Tyson. Wait a minute, man. Hold, hold, hold on there. Jeremy, man, uh, I need you to take this one, all right? Wait, what? What? No way. I, I, I can't do this. Need I remind you I'm Billy C, damn it? Now put on that mustache and get in there. Hey, hey, look at me. I'm Billy C. <laughs> Crap. Undisputed heavyweight champion of boxing talk radio. It's talking boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Uh, glad you could be with us. And my man Jason's in uh, one of the chat rooms, and uh, I think he misunderstood me. I, there's no way that I said that Floyd Mayweather and Tyson Fury fought the same level of opposition. What I meant was was that Floyd cherry-picked his opponents for the last decade, but even so, all of those were definitely better than, than uh, Tyson Fury fought. Um, you know, Tyson Fury is like uh, Herman Munster in there. And and listen, I, I like Tyson Fury. I, you know, this isn't coming from a guy that's just, you know, ragging on someone I don't like. I like him. But when I look at the other two guys, you know, right now I look at a two-headed heavyweight division. And one head is Anthony Joshua and the other head is, uh, is Deontay Wilder. And, I, you know, I can't see... Tyson Fury beating either one of those. Now, is there a young one coming up like, uh, you know, uh, Dubois, uh, you know, Daniel Dubois? I mean, uh, is is he uh, possibly a, a guy that, that could dethrone uh, one of these two or both? Maybe. You know, even Joseph Parker as he gets a little better? Maybe. You know, but uh, as far as Tyson Fury, no. Uh, Tyson Fury doesn't pack enough power. His movement is is unauth it's it's uncoordinated. He's not a coordinated guy, Sal. And I just yeah. can't see him beating either one of those two. I, I can't. Even though he seems no. to have a lot of support. You know, a lot of people love him. Um uh, you know, and, and I'm a fan of his too. But I, I don't like when people you know, it would have been different if he said this even after he fights this 
you know, 150-year-old cruiserweight he's fighting in, uh, pretty soon. Um, even if he said this stuff after he beats the crap out of him, it's more acceptable. But he's talking this smack. He hasn't been in the ring for almost three years. Nah, forget about it. I know. I know. And you know what? He could spew all he wants after he gets back in the ring. And uh, let's see him dismantle or try to do what he can do against a formidable opponent that we can all recognize. That's uh, that's that 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 would give him some credibility. That's that's the whole thing. You know, there's uh, there's guys that is that are disagreeing with me, saying that he does have coordination. I think he he doesn't. You know, listen, not to get into you know uh, physical defects or anything like that, but when you see him stand, he he's you know he's the opposite of pigeon toed. So instead of his feet going in, they're going out. They're going out like a like a friggin' penguin, all right. And you know, and the truth of the matter is, is he's not fluid on his feet. He doesn't bounce on his toes or anything like that. You know, he he's an uncoordinated guy. He's a bit. It's like when you see a kid, you know, when you see a young kid that's uh, 10, 12 years old and he's already man size. You know, he's six foot tall and stuff. That's not. I mean, most cases. I mean, there are some cases where they're athletic superstars, but in a lot of cases, they're not. You know, we used to call them baby Hueys, you know, but, but you know, today you, you can't say that because they might go home and hang themselves because, you know, they, they can't they can't take the, the criticism. But uh, not that you, you should uh, pick on anyone. Uh, I'm not suggesting that. No, let's of be course, people, let's of, be I know, of course, people take. Uh, let me move on because obviously I'm digging a hole here. But, uh, <laughs> let's uh, not even go down yeah, that road. Man. Yeah, but uh, all right. My first email, this is from uh, uh, Johnston. He says he has uh, Eddie Hearn. Update. He says, hey, Billy, not heard, heard, sure if you've heard this yet, but rumors circulated uh, a few days ago that Team Povetkin has threatened to call purse bids for the Anthony Joshua uh, fight to take place in Russia. Um, well, this seems to have been true with the WBA now issuing another uh, deadline. Uh, first of all, uh, Johnson, let me just straighten you out for a sec. A purse bid would... Um, give the opportunity to anyone to bid on housing the fight. Um, We all could agree that most likely it would end up in Russia, uh, but that doesn't mean that we're going to take purse bids for the fight to be held in Russia. No, it means we'll take purse bids for anybody. The high guy wins, and they decide where the fight's going to be. So that's the facts. But anyway, he says uh, Eddie Hearn responded with this statement last week he says, we got a situation with Povetkin where uh, we're probably uh, going to have to get uh, purse bids, uh, according to the WBA, this week. He says it'll take another couple of weeks um, to get it all signed, sealed, and delivered. He says, realistically, uh, that's the absolute deadline. So he's talking about uh, this week and the end of next week to be the deadline. He says, we're speaking frequently um, to Team Wilder, and Deontay understands the situation. It's not like he's moaning about it. He's always felt that he'd have to come to the UK. And like I said before, they've made a strong offer. He's referring to um, Team Wilder. He says some of the points or some of the clauses in the offer weren't accept- acceptable, but some were. Uh, we could have talked about them, but it was just a decision from the team that the first fight will take place in the UK. We want to go in September. And that's either going to be most likely at this stage against Wilder or Povetkin. Both are tough fights, 
by the end of this week, I want to be in a position to know if Wilder truly wants this fight. I'm guessing Wilder will stall and AJ will indeed uh, fight Povetkin. Um, I've said this all along, Sal. I believe that, uh, you know, Wilder um, fueled a little of the fire because from what I had heard uh, several weeks ago that his fight with Dominic Brazil was already signed, sealed, and delivered. Um, not that he couldn't have gotten out of it, but uh, it, it makes more sense. And I got news for you. I've said it once, and I'll say it again. I think that both of these fights, uh, you know, the potential fight with Anthony Joshua against uh, Alexander Povetkin, and even though he's slow, the fight with Dominic Brazil against Anthony uh, against uh, um, uh, Deontay Wilder are both extremely tough fights for each of these guys. Uh, Brazil has a granite chin, and he can he's got pop. He's slow, but uh, but if Deontay can't tr- knock him out uh, quickly. It's going to pose some trouble for him. And AJ has trouble with smaller guys. They're not easy fights, either one of them, I'm telling you. I know we want to see him fight each other, Sal, but they're not easy fights. They're not easy. No, no. Uh, I agree with you. It it, it should be. But uh, I do see Deontay Wilder probably uh, taking care of Brazil within five rounds. Uh, It's a tough fight, and Brazil can can punch. And... uh, you know, we'll we'll see. It could be a good, entertaining fight for a couple of rounds. But I, again, I just see Deontay Wilder uh, totally catching him uh, when he's not ready, and bam, he'll be out. Um, next email. This one's from uh, my man Joel. He says, "Hey, Billy C. With a quiet weekend in boxing, I had a chance to watch the bare knuckle fighting championships from Wyoming um, after uh, on Saturday night. I thoroughly enjoyed it." One fight looked fixed, and the majority of the fighters were former or faded out MMA veterans uh, with a couple of boxers and a few uh, kickboxers thrown in. Bobby Gunn's fight looked very fixed, almost like he threw this Brazilian guy who's a pro boxer and hasn't fought since 2016 some money just to come and lose. Uh, Bobby Gunn threw a few body shots, sending the big guy down. He rose up. Bobby Gunn threw what looked like a left hook that grazed off of the Brazilian's forearm as he blocked it. He went down and had trouble getting up. Otherwise, it was something I'd like to see again. The action moved fast, and there wasn't any singing and dancing after the fight. They went right to the next one. Uh, there were some bloody fights. I hope it's something they can do uh, in the state of Wyoming again uh, if they're willing to uh, continue. Um, I, I did see some of it, and I did happen to watch the Bobby Gunn fight and because uh, I'm, a, I'm a good friend of Bobby Gunn's. I mean, I, I, you know, he's a tough guy, you know. Um, as far as uh, 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 Castro, the guy that he fought, um, did it look fixed? Well, I mean, Bobby Gunn did land a solid shot to, to the body, um, which looked like it hurt, but it also looked like he was, uh, you know, did not want to take that beating. Um, you know, I, I, I don't mind this bare knuckle thing, Sal. As a matter of fact, I would like it. The announcers were terrible. Uh, my buddy Bill Clancy, who uh, um, got me to promote some fights in the Carolinas uh, uh, several, well, geez, over 10 years ago now. Um, but uh, uh, he was refereeing. But uh, I-, I would like to see it with younger fighters, not not guys that are just coming for the payday. It, it looked like that. Uh, but it it may have been a good, uh, may have been a good base. Did, did you catch any of it, or what's your thoughts on it? No, I did not. We, uh, I, I didn't see that at all. But uh, I'll, I'll go on the internet and I'll look at it. 
All right. Hey, that's a good. Uh, it's uh, you know you may uh, not, you, know, you may I'm not just, want to waste I'm your just time. So into boxing and yeah. and you know uh, even though bare knuckles, I would I would welcome bare knuckles before MMA, and I'm sorry to say that. Of course, because it's stand up. You're not allowed to. Stand I don't mind a bare. It's, Let it's, me tell you, somebody's it's got a throwback to the John L. Sullivan. Tom Molino, Tom Molino days, but but let me yeah. tell you, some of these guys um, that seemingly were were on the receiving end of of a bare knuckle punch, the the looks on their faces uh, were like, whoa, you know, it's uh, not uh, not easy. Let's just say that. But uh, got another email punch like that was when me and Julio were hanging out by the schoolyard. Yeah, we got uh, a couple of emails here from my man uh, Mitch. He says. Uh, uh, the way Trinidad illegally wrapped his hands for Vargas and William Joppy and everyone before and after the Hopkins is the same way the Nevada State Athletic Commission allowed Canelo Alvarez to wrap his hands against Triple G. You can't go tape, gauze, tape, gauze. It has right, to yeah. be gauze, tape, gauze, <laughs> tape. Um, he says a testament to how solid a chin Triple G has. Alvarez could knock him out. Uh, like uh, Trinidad did his foes, but after taking those big shots, your chin is never the same, even if you don't get knocked out. Hopefully, Triple G's chin will have uh, stood intact. I thought Martiroshian stunned him a bit uh, before he came to stop him. That was worrisome for me. Uh, Abel Sanchez complained about it big time, but nobody uh, made a deal of it. Um, before I go uh, on to the next points that uh, my man Mitch has, um, this is why there has to be some changes with Nevada. Um, although, you know, New York and, and New Jersey and California are all trying to to be the mecca of boxing uh, again. I know when you hear that term, a lot of people immediately think of Madison Square Garden, uh, which used to be. Uh, but uh, but Nevada, specifically Las Vegas, had turned into the place for boxing. But it's slipping. Uh, you know, fighters don't get a fair shake there. The commission is biased. We saw that uh, with uh, uh, that uh, gutless, spineless piece of garbage, Bob Bennett, approving um, the fight for Floyd Mayweather against pro-debut, 49-0 and Mayweather against a pro-debut Conor McGregor, but yet... Uh, does not approve Triple G uh, against uh, uh, the kid who just won the title against Saddam Ali. So, uh, and he was 25, uh, tw- he had 25 knockouts. Maybe he was 28-0, 27-0-with 25 knockouts or one loss he had. You know, and that guy wasn't good enough to fight Triple G, but yet Conor McGregor, pro debut, never boxed before, was good enough to fight future Hall of Famer Floyd Mayweather. So um, something has to be done. With Nevada, they're going to get somebody killed out there. Uh, anyway, Mitch goes on to say, so Billy Joe Saunders ran the con game a second time on poor Martin Murray. Uh, this was speculation uh, the first time, but then he pulled uh, out for a reason this time. That reason uh, has to be Triple G or Canelo, right? Uh, popular belief has it that he'd rather fight Alvarez because Alvarez doesn't have Alvarez doesn't have the power Triple G has and uh, by the offer that Golden Boy uh, most likely will be more than Triple G could submit. He says, but I'm going against popular belief on this one. I think he's going to take Triple G over Alvarez because uh, the live gate in the UK will make sure he and Triple G get paid no matter how many viewers turn in. 
and, and and I think that they'll do well pay-per-view personally. He says uh, if it's a home game for him uh, and if he can get a friendly hometown ref like uh, Adonis Stevenson and Gary Russell got uh, and a couple of friendly judges, Triple G might need a knockout uh, over Billy Joe Saunders just to get a draw. Uh, and he says uh, Triple G is an old man going on the road, whereas Alvarez is in his prime. And finally, he says, fighting Alvarez in Vegas, uh, where he has the commission and judges on his side, he will lose. Even if he were to somehow outbox Alvarez, he can't get a win in Vegas against him without a knockout. Billy Joe Saunders is not a KO type of a fighter, so the odds are he will lose the fight. With that, he loses his belt, given Alvarez leverage, and setting up Triple G Alvarez uh, for the belts in May of 2019. I'd bet the house that both sides are negotiating with Billy Joe Saunders, and it'll be interesting to see who wins. Um, I agree with, with Mitch here, Sal. I think that the smarter fight for Billy Joe Saunders may not be the most money, but the smarter fight for Billy Joe Saunders would be to fight Triple G in the UK. What do you think? Well, maybe the smarter fight for him would be that. Uh, I, I think that um, I think the easier fight for him would be Canelo Alvarez. Uh, not saying that he will beat him, but I think it would be uh, an, a good fight for him to to uh, to. Uh, I, I think he could beat him. I don't, I'm not saying he's going to, but we'll see what happens. Um, I think, all in all, if that round robin of fighters. Canelo Alvarez, Triple G, and Billy Joe Saunders. I, I think it's a good mix to have some real good boxing to uh, to give us uh, out of two or three fights, put them together. Um, next email I have is from Coach. And uh, Coach says, uh, hey, Billy C, with today, uh, June 4th being, you know, I, I can't believe that we have all these days now. I, I mean, we have become, uh, Billy C, with today's, Day, June 4th, being National No Pants Day, Bird Day, and Respect for Chickens Day, I find it hard to accept Canelo hiding behind Golden Boy uh, promotions and the WBC fabricated excuses and not giving us what the boxing finally has and surely deserves in a straight-up real fight uh, with uh, Triple G against Canelo uh, in the rematch. Um, I, I... think that and I agree but you know what Sal I think that if Triple G doesn't fight Canelo now in September that that fight should never take place Um, because all it seems to be doing is uh, lining up the stars for uh, for Canelo what do you think I think you're right I mean you know Triple G is aging and you know if they do meet in September it's going to be a year since they last fought and uh, each other and and I think that was the one of the goals to uh, to have um, Canelo Alvarez uh, achieve, and and uh, certainly if they wait till 2019, uh, you know that's another half a year away for Triple G. And, and I think you know, as I said, he's not a spring chicken, and he needs to keep busy and active, which is why he took the fight, by the way, uh, in Cinco de Mayo on May 5th, because you know when a fighter is, is gearing up and has a date in mind, and he's 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 training backwards from that date. You're, you're mapping out your your routine, your thing. So to uh, to break the continuity of, of, of that 
would have been a little bit more than what he he should endure at this stage. Meaning he had to go through that date. I understood why he was going through that date because he, you do what you do. You take the date, you back how many weeks you're going to train and what you're going to do, and you focus your whole psyche, your mind, your mentality. So those were the things that he wanted to keep. And no matter what uh, he had to do to keep that date, unlike Canelo Alvarez trying to keep the date with him. So I think it's important that he keeps active. And I think it's important that uh, they do fight this year, preferably in September, if they're going to fight. Because if they do not fight this year, like I said, I, I really feel Canelo Alvarez and his camp um, would do what they can do to avoid Triple G for as long as they can. Because I'll tell you what, Triple G, in my mind and in my I, he won that first fight. He won that first fight. But let me ask you this. That yeah. fight, and I agree with you, and most people, when you think of that fight, you think, well, I think uh, Triple G won the first fight. But the fight itself wasn't anything special. I mean, no. it, it took half a fight to get started. The second half of the fight was better. Canelo was running most of it. He did win the final round. But, I mean, it wasn't like one of these. It wasn't, it wasn't a Hagler-Hearns-type fight that we're drooling over. And the truth no. of the matter is, the truth of the matter is, is that if if they if they're truly looking, if Canelo is looking or Golden Boy is looking to get Canelo the most money, which will give Oscar more money, the fight is Triple G. They're not going to make the same money with Billy Joe Saunders. They're not. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But uh, but in any event, I got two more emails I want to get through before we get a uh, take a break and, and get Dax on. This one's from my man James. Haven't heard from him in a while. He says, uh, "Hey Billy C, I know it's been a while uh, since you talked about the Supreme Court's ruling, but I wanted to give my two cents anyway." He's talking about the uh, sports betting. Uh, he says during the '90s and early 2000s, Oregon's lottery ran a pro football betting pool. If you picked three games and won all three according to the spread, you got five to one on your money. Four games, you earned ten to one, etc. My father and I usually won, uh, usually won one or two four picks per weekend. That pool pool paid for many of my college textbooks. Then Portland wanted to attract the pro soccer team, even though it's a completely different kind of football. Oregon had to give up the football pool before soccer would move to Portland. Since the latest ruling came down, Oregon has been abuzz with talk of bringing that pool back. I, for one, hope it happens. I could use the money. Speaking of bringing things back, are we going to get another Billy C. Challenge? Remember, I was your last monthly monthly winner, and I have a title to defend. Um, I, I love uh, sports betting, and I hope uh, every state gets it, James. And as far as the Billy C. Challenge, we had a lot of fun with that. It was a lot of work uh, for yours truly. And, um, you know, I, I do promise uh, – to, to bring it back if uh, if things continue to progress uh, the way I hope they do. So uh, thanks for the email. One last email uh, before we uh, take a break here. This is from my man uh, Rick. He says, hey, Billy C., what do you think of this YouTube clip uh, of current fighters reacting, reacting to Jack Johnson's pardon? I actually agree with the idea that the pardon is 100 years too late. 
and doesn't really mean anything. But I was surprised and disappointed that so many of the young fighters either didn't know who Jack Johnson was or what the pardon was all about. It's kind of shameful if you ask me. He says it also makes me appreciate Mike Tyson that much more. For all his questionable antics throughout his career, Mike was never too big to pay respects to the guys who came before him. I know this video is, video is a small sample uh, size, but I have a feeling you'll get similar reactions to any gym across the country. And he did send me a link, and it was Mayweather's gym. I mean, uh, I know Rick's a big uh, fan. But let me tell you something. I was shocked to hear um, uh, some of uh, the comments. I'm not even going to mention who, but the former world champion was there, and um, that these guys didn't know anything about Jack Johnson. The guys that even knew who Jack Johnson was, and it was a lot of young fighters that never even heard of who Jack Johnson was. Um, but the guys that did know who Jack Johnson were didn't have the story or their facts right. You know, it, you know the old saying, time heals all. That's sort of what's happened to poor Jack Johnson. And I think that the significance behind the pardoning should actually open up people's eyes to understand what actually took place with the whole arrest and jail to begin with. This guy should have never been arrested for that. He should have never had to go to jail after he was in exile. I mean, Jack Johnson brought a lot to this sport. I mean, forget about what he brought uh, to, to racial situation, although um, you might make the argument that he actually caused more trouble for African Americans at that time because of the uh, Jim Crow state America was in. Uh, however, what he brought to the sport of boxing, really, uh, second to none. This guy was uh, above and beyond the, the talent level of any other fighter uh, during his era. And, um, you know, the fact that they, they uh, you know, pardoned him now, I think that that significance is huge. Sal, what's your thoughts? Well, I think, I think it's great because, you know, it, it was uh, something that was unjust and uh, it's corrected now. And I, I'm, I'm glad it was. And, you know, the historians that do know and do recognize Jack Johnson as a great fighter as he was. You know, this is this is something else that that was was uh, needing to be corrected in the history books and everything else. I think that uh, uh, he can rest in peace right now, and uh, it adds to his legacy and and keeps his name out there and notoriety as far as let the young fighters look him up. Let the young fighters look at the history and the the, the evolution. Uh, of this game and who were the leaders who were the people that all eyes were on and why has boxing grown and 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 become such a such a great great sport to begin with it was the foundation of the fighters like the jack johnsons like like the uh old timers that that just uh, did what they had to do it was it was a business then it was just what they needed to do to to uh to uh you know make their name make their money and and uh have a career for themselves and their families. I like, first of all, thank, uh, I want to thank everyone for all the emails. If you have a question, comment, concern, uh, and you want to uh, uh, have it read online, if uh, you know, live on the show, uh, just drop me an email. If you take the time to write it, I'll take the time to read it. Billy at Talkin' Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G uh, dot com. I think it's sad that uh, fighters today don't know the history of this sport. And although maybe 
football players, you know, American football players, basketball players, baseball players. Maybe they're the same, Sal. Maybe if you ask, uh, you know, know, a young, a young uh, superstar athlete today, hey, you know, you know the history of baseball. You know who this guy was, that guy was, and they don't know the stats. I mean, some baseball guys can spew out. You know, who, who pitched the last uh, no-hitter in the rain on a Saturday night? You know, I, you know, I mean, baseball is, is, you know, 150 years of nothing but stats, uh, more than 150 years now. But, uh, uh, you know, it, it, with, when it comes to boxing, because of the nature of the sport, I, th- I think it's kind of a prereq to have fighters know a little bit of the history about the, the, the fighters who came before them, and who molded the sport into what we see today. Now, Mike Tyson was an example of maybe a little too much. Mike Tyson is a historian uh, when it comes to boxing, and I don't expect every single young fighter to know what Mike does, Uh, but I think that they should know who some of the all-time greats are. You know, Jack Johnson, definitely everyone should know who he is. Uh, In my opinion, one of the greatest uh, ever, ever. So, uh uh, it, it is what it is, but uh, we got to take a break. But go ahead, Sal. You got a point. I see you. I, well, you know what the point was. You know, I remember before I ever put on a pair of boxing gloves and being a boxing somewhat historian at the young age of eight, nine, ten. The first fighters that I read about, that I looked at, that I respected, that I wanted to learn more about, was the triple. The trifecta that I read about, that I first learned, the first fighters that I ever recognized as fighters that that I I looked at from that evolutionary period was the great John L. Sullivan, the great James, a gentleman, Jim Corbett, and of course, the inventor of solo plexus, uh, I mean, solo punches, the solo plexus punch was the uh, uh, Bob Fitzsimmons. I mean, that's, that's history right there for me. And then, yes, it progressed along the lineage of who fought who and who passed the heavyweight championship and who was there. And sure enough, Jack Johnson was in that legacy as well. So there is a great history of fighting and fighters. And, you know, some of these, like I I took for granted that everybody knew that, uh, who who was interested in having a career of fighting. It's true. We got to take a break. We'll be back in two. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to talking Boxing with Billy C. He may not have an excellence in broadcasting award, but the night's still young. And he's got martinis. So you never know what may be by morning. It's Talking Boxing with Billy C. Talking Boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy, Billy C. C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. Uh, joining us right now to tell us uh, what he thinks of this whole Billy Joe Saunders, Triple G, Canelo saga is my man uh, Dax Khan. Good morning, Dax. Good morning, Dax. I I didn't know it was a saga, but okay. It's a saga to me. It's a saga to me. (laughs) What's your thoughts on it? You know, Billy Joe Saunders, he takes, you know, uh, one step forward, he takes two steps back. 
why I, I don't I don't understand. Um, you know, the first time it was the hand injury, and now it's the hamstring. You know, Billy Joe Saunders is a guy that, up until the David Lemieux fight, really had a lot of criticism. And that fight, even though David Lemieux was an opponent that was given a lot of criticism, it really propelled him into the front of that middleweight division, right behind Canelo and Triple G. Um, you know, remember, uh, after that fight, Billy Joe Saunders calls out Triple G, and then he is one of the first ones to criticize Triple G because Triple G does not take the challenge of Billy Joe Saunders and cancel his May 5th date and go on with this upcoming, this, this uh, June date that's now postponed again for the second time, uh, you know, stating how uh, Triple G is ducking him, Triple G is uh, not willing to fight the best competition, he, he's, you know, going on on these social media rants and to anybody that had to listen inside the, the regular media, and then now he goes and he pulls out on something like this, and, you know... But in the meantime, really, Martin Murray, while I like Martin Murray, he's always been, you know, a solid fighter. He's really not even a, um, at this point in time, Martin Murray is not even a relevant middleweight. So I don't understand. I think a lot of it has to do with the talk, you know. Bill, you mentioned Tyson Fury before. Um, I think, you know, if you can talk a good game and with social media the way it is today, how one tweet, if you can get a lot of people out there talking about this one tweet, whether or not they're sharing it, whether they comment on it for the positive or for the negative, you know, that can keep you into the limelight and you can uh, stay relevant without actually stepping to the ring to do anything relevant. Yeah, but you know, that what talking about the, the Tyson Fury situation, it, 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 I know it's funny, and I know people look at it as being comical, and I agree with you. His name, we're talking about him, so he's, he's in the discussion. But, I mean, when do you, when do you just look at somebody and, and laugh, and then it's like the boy who cried wolf. Not that many young people that read anymore today, but the story of the boy who cried wolf, you know, uh, claiming that there's a wolf, there's a wolf, there's a wolf, and finally when it was there, no one believed him. And that's what happens with these fighters. A great example of that is David Hay. If David Hay turned out to be, uh, you know, a knockout, dragout, great fighter in his next fight, nobody would believe him because he's p pulled the BS all these other fights. And I think that that's what's happening with Tyson Fury. He's got to be careful. He should have just did what he had to do uh, in his next fight and let it be. You know, Tyson Fury actually had that opportunity. You know, remember, Tyson Fury has pulled out of fights himself in the past. You know, there were reasons why. Um, he, and this is before he won the title. So Tyson Fury had that label on him. And, when, you know, when he defeated Klitschko, that kind of erased that. Um, maybe uh, the, the win over Steve Cunningham when he made his appearance in the United States, you know, that sort of uh, erased that. But then, you know, right after the uh, Klitschko fight, you wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt and say maybe it was the frustration due to the IBF uh, stripping him because he wouldn't uh, because he wanted to give a rematch immediately to um, Vladimir Klitschko instead of, I think it was our Glasgow who was the mandatory at that time. And, you know, then, you know, we have the mental problems and, and the postponements and, you know, he, he managed to stay well in the media. And then most recently he credits Billy Joe Saunders last week um, in an interview for saying that Billy Joe Saunders is the guy that um, you know, more or less lit a fire under his ass to get back into the ring and, and show, you know, fans what he still has left. He's still a young man. Um, he's lost a lot of weight. Now he's going in this weekend, whether, you know, despite the opponent. And now all of a sudden, Billy Joe Saunders, just days afterwards, he pulls out of that fight. And again, Bill, I stress the fact that if you can get on social media, your promoter, your manager, somebody from your team can get on social media and they can talk and they can make the fans, you know, talk and buzz around, you're going to stay relevant. You know, you mentioned the Steve USS Cunningham 
fight, and I I can't help but remember how terrible that fight was, and it wasn't a blowout either. Um, you know, I, Steve. I mean, uh, Tyson Fury should have blown Steve Cunningham out. There was a lot of leaning. Remember, he was leaning on him a lot. Yeah, um, right. You know, so so I I mean, he never, with the exception of Vladimir Klitschko, he's never really backed up all his boasts. And then one other thing I want to bring up: we were just talking about Jack Johnson, right? Well, here's you just you just reminded me of something. You said, you know, people are giving him credit about losing all that weight. He did lose a lot of weight. But remember, so did James Jeffries. When James Jeffries came back, he lost all that weight, and he looked great. But there's something about putting on a few hundred extra pounds that makes you just not the same afterwards, guys. I mean, come on, right? Well, of course, you know, it's, it's hard to lose, um, you know, and – if it's once or it's twice or it's water weight, yes, but, you, uh, you know, after a while it takes your toll on you. Obviously, Ricky Hatton, you know, there, there's uh, always a perfect example of, you know, the most recent eras where Ricky fattened and then you had Ricky Hatton and Ricky blow up to 190 pounds in between fights and then he would drop down and lose all that weight and come in at 140 pounds looking stellar, but eventually it caught up to him and, you know, it dropped Ricky's punch uh, resistance. Uh, we started seeing Ricky Hatton rely on that, that dreadful style of the one-two and hold you know, so, yeah, and, and Ricky was a young guy at that time. So, you know, definitely losing that weight uh, uh, takes its toll on a fighter. But, you know, on the other side, uh, in a way, it becomes kind of interesting to see, okay, this guy has blown up to, you know, 40 pounds overweight. He's had this long layoff. Let's see how he can do when he comes back. Will he be any good? And then he comes back, he puts on a sensational performance, and that kind of gives him a little bit of extra credibility saying, you know what, he really is, his, you know, he, he it doesn't matter what kind of shape he's in. This guy is uh, able to stay in with anybody on the top. But, you know, it becomes a joke after a while, especially when you're walking around lifting your shirt up at press conferences and slapping your stomach. That's something Billy Joe Saunders has done himself at times. I, I loved when uh, Ricky Hatton came out with the fatty Hatton suit, remember? <laughs> he came out, he, he had like a fat suit. But uh, let me ask you this, uh, getting back to uh, the Billy Joe Saunders, Triple G, Canelo uh, trifecta, um, who do you think would make the most sense for Billy Joe Saunders? I mean, he does possess the one belt Triple G doesn't have, He's got some value in it because of that belt. I mean, we all know that uh, uh, Murata over in Japan um, has uh, the regular belt but uh, for the WBA. But, but for all intent and purposes, Billy Joe Saunders is, is the guy with the last belt Triple G does not have. Um, you know, there are some good fights out there in the middleweight division with uh, – uh, Daniel Jacobs and and, and the Char the, the middleweight Charlo brother, um, but really it's these three guys. It's it's Canelo, it's Triple G, uh, it's Billy Joe Saunders. Which fight, in your opinion, if Billy Joe Saunders got to make the choice, what fight would it be, and where would it be? In terms of revenue. The Canelo fight would be the most sensible if you're on a, in a business standpoint. But but it if, 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 if that's if that's if he's only looking for money though, you think that's what right. he's looking for? I'm saying you know, and if that's what you know by the way he's going about his business, you know, Billy Joe Saunders doesn't seem to be looking for legacy. Uh, you know, he can stay over in the UK and he can make a comfortable living. He can make, you know, what a lot of us stars here make, you know, fighting the Martin Murrays or the other guys uh, of that level. 
you know, because he's such a big draw. Remember, the UK fans, that's the difference between the United States and the United Kingdom. That's one of the things why I'm so pro saying that, you know, the Joshua and Wilder fight should take place over in the United Kingdom first. So both guys can, you know, make that maximum money and then have the rematch wherever else. Because, you know, the UK, you're going to make that money. The fans are going to follow you as long as you're a UK fighter. And Billy Joe Saunders can make what he's going to make against Triple G, against any other, you know, um, a, a guy in the top 20. If it's just about money, then Canelo would be the name. If he wants to go for a legacy, then, of course, it would be Triple G. And, um, you know, if he wanted to just really throw a curveball into the works and he wanted to show that, you know, he's looking to unify, he can really upset the apple cart by going over to Japan and fighting Murata. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. And he could make some decent money. But I, I think that the fight... Um, uh, that makes the most financial sense for him would be to fight at home uh, against Triple G. I know Triple G is a, a tough out, but fighting Canelo in Vegas is almost a guaranteed loss. I mean, I mean, it, it really is. Yeah. It's un, it's un, it's it's unfortunate, but that's what has happened. I mean, what what do you think? I think that uh, Billy Joe Saunders, because of his mobility. I think uh, would probably make Canelo look pretty foolish. And Billy Joe Saunders does have a solid beard, and I don't think Canelo has the uh, power to stop him. But, yeah, um, you know, in terms of money, though, you know, Tyson Fury, the reason why I mentioned the Tyson Fury and Steve Cunningham fight is Tyson Fury, you know, came to the United States, and he put his face out there, and that raised his marketability. No, it wasn't a great fight, but the fact that, you know, the fans got to actually see this guy in the United States that they've only been um, reading about or they've only seen on YouTube clips, and they actually got to see him live and in person, you know, that raised his marketability, and all of a sudden, Tyson Fury went from, you know, this uh, this unknown mid-level guy who was just you know, who talked a lot to suddenly being, you know, in in the mix and finding a guy like Steve Cunningham, irregardless of the fact Steve Cunningham was a cruiserweight who moved up and Steve Cunningham a lot smaller. Steve Cunningham dropped him early on in that fight. You know, it did wonders for Tyson Fury. The same way that Billy Joe Saunders, you know, his marketability really raised up against uh, when he went in and fought uh, David Lemieux in Canada. So, you know, that's my point where I'm saying that, you know, Billy Joe Saunders coming to the United States and fighting Canelo in Las Vegas, that, you know, that would do wonders for him. Even if he lost, that would do wonders for him because Las Vegas, as you, you know, more or less lately you're very adamant about, is so known for this, this shading judging that, you know, Las Vegas, Billy Joe Saunders, if it was somewhat close and he loses by that one Adelaide Bird-type scorecard of 117-111, all of a sudden Billy Joe Saunders would be the number two guy in the division and Canelo's stock would actually drop, you know, outside of the uh, the Golden Boy uh, clones, the ones that are hand-fed and, you know, the ones that really don't know the sport other than, you know, what's told to them by a promoter or by social media. Uh, Dax, I appreciate your uh, thoughts, and, and hopefully we can uh, get you back on uh, later in the week. Uh, Thursday, we're going to be doing our breakdowns and predictions on the uh, big fights for this weekend, so hopefully we can uh, get your thoughts on those as well. Absolutely, and, you know, coming to the United States, Bill, that's, you know, it's a worldwide sport, and that's what everybody's got to do. Absolutely. Well, um, yeah. Could be I mean, uh, they got to go to wherever wherever the people are going to show up to, you know. So. How do you get back on the ladder? He got back on the ladder like Joseph Parker does. He comes to the United States, and he's going to fight Brian Jennings in August. Hey, that's a good fight. Dax, we'll talk go. to you later in the week, brother. All right. That's hey. Dax Khan. You can check out his uh, column up on BillyCBoxing.com. Uh, uh, one thing I wanted to uh, mention uh, real quickly uh, right now is uh, Antonio Tarver. Uh, last week, we were talking about Antonio Tarver uh, coming back and that he was going to fight. Um, and, uh, well, it's not happening. He was going to fight Travis Kaufman. Um, he's 49 years old. The fight was supposed to take place 
in uh, um, California, but uh, apparently he wasn't able to get licensed. And and you know this is this is the problem. A lot of commissions don't want to uh, license a fighter who's over forty something years old. And Antonio Tarver was, was 49, like- 49. And and the reason why he's fighting, let's be real, all right? Antonio Tarver owes a lot of money. He got himself into some trouble, um, you know, uh, passing bad checks and owing casinos money and, and uh, you know, borrowing money from, from people. And his only way to really pay it back is to get in the ring and win, win some money in the ring. And, um, you know, I... I feel bad for Antonio Tarver, even though I thought that he was one of the most overrated fighters ever uh, to uh, to fight. I, I feel sorry for him because I think he's in a, in a good example of why um, you know fighters need to to make sure they have a, a, a plan B after their uh, after their their boxing career is over. And the, the saddest part of this story, Sal, is that uh, Antonio Tarver was a great. Uh, ringside analyst and when he got popped for uh, uh, the steroids and then when it came out about the uh, thrown in jail for the bad checks um, Showtime walked away from him I mean they they abandoned him like uh, you know uh, you had one uh, lifesaver on a boat and uh, there was 90 people you know sort of like the Titanic but uh, uh, and and you know here he's left with with nothing you know his son is is boxing but uh, uh, I don't know uh, so we'll see who uh, uh, Kaufman fights, but uh, that is going to be on a uh, Fox Sports uh, fight on Sunday next next Sunday uh, with three fighters, uh, heavyweights. So uh, we'll see some heavyweights next week, Sal. Absolutely, that sounds good. We got uh, we got um, today's uh, trivia question, and. Uh, it's it's a tough one. Now it's open to everyone except coach, except coach, oh boy. Uh, because coach already got this answer correct at one point. Uh, what did Jersey Joe Walcott and Mike Colbert both have in common? What did Jersey Joe Walcott and Mike Colbert have in common? If you're the first one to email me the correct answer, Billy at Talking Boxing. That's T A L K I N B O X. ING.com, you'll win your very own copy of the Title Bout Championship computer game. Uh, the same game that uh, that Alex Propali uses when we do our Blast from the Past. So uh, I'll read the question one more time. If you get it right, if you're the first one to get it right, by emailing me, Billy at Talkin' Boxing. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. You'll win the prize. With the Jersey Joe Walcott and Mike Colbert both have in common. Good luck to everyone on that. On this day in boxing history, June 4th in 1986, Buster Drayton wins a 15-round decision over Carlos Santos to win the IBF World Junior Middleweight title, and that took place in New Jersey. On this day in 1971, Jose Naples knocks out Billy Backus in the fourth round to win the World Welterweight title, and that took place in California. On this day in 1994, Ike Corte knocks out Cristanto Espana in the 11th round to win the WBA World Welterweight title, and that took place in France. It took place in France. On this day, 
in 2005. Ricky Hatton knocks out Costa Zoo in the 11th round to win the World Junior Welterweight title. It took place in Manchester, England. I loved that fight. I was a big fan of uh, uh, Costa Zoo, and after that fight, there was no one I liked more than... Uh, there's only one Ricky Hatton. But anyway, uh, on this day in 1986, uh, Bernardo Pinago uh, wins a 15-round decision over Gabby Canales to win the uh, WBA World Bantamweight title. It took place in New Jersey. And when finally, you say 15 rounds. Yeah, those were the days. And finally, on this day, June 4th in 1908, Stanley Ketchell wins a 10-round decision over Billy Papke to win, uh, I'm sorry, to retain his world middleweight title, and that took place at the Hippodrome uh, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, a side note to this, both fighters weighed in at 3 p.m. on the day of the fight, Sal, and they both weighed 154 pounds. Uh, wow. talk about Talk about 15-round fights. How about same-day weigh-ins, right? I like those two things. You want to see boxing become... The sport it was once, or it once was, <laughs> let's return and reverse the clock and get the rules and implement them the way they once were. That's easy for you to say. <laughs> that's no, easy That's I easy for you to spit out. Uh, but uh, anyway, hey, listen, boys and girls, make sure uh, that you tune in tomorrow. You know, it is Joel's birthday, one of our uh, listeners, so we'll uh, make, sure, make sure we wish him a, a happy birthday. So remember that, Sal, in case I forget. But uh, anyway, listen. Make sure you guys, all of you, tune in tomorrow morning. Same bad time, same bad channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby.